chats from the blog cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Melissa. Um, I have two episodes this week. Can you believe it? I cannot believe there's two episodes this week. Um, This episode is actually a more of a visual episode than a audio episode, but I wanted to go ahead and put the audio version up for people that really like to just listen to a podcast. But if you want to watch the the visual part, you can hop over onto YouTube, Chats from the Block Cabin, to see the recipe that Bridget is creating. Um, I say the recipe is maybe five to ten minutes of the episode. The rest of the episode is um, Talia's talking about how she her inspiration behind the book and everything. Um, and while you're there on YouTube, you need to check out some of the videos I have done for the DIY show that I'm doing now um, because they also stream on um, YouTube as well on my channel. So with that said, I hope you really enjoy this episode and check out the YouTube if you're really interested to see what she's created. Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin and we chat about life. And today we are chatting about Hocus Pocus. Um, those that don't know, it's a Disney movie. It's an amazing Disney movie. I think the first one was better than the second one though, by far. Um, and Bridget is here with me and she wrote the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook and I have it right here and she has it as well. So Bridget, tell us a little about yourself before we start getting into what we're going to be actually doing today, because it's something a little bit different. Yeah, well, my name is Bridget Thorson. Um, I'm the author of, this is actually my third book. I also wrote, this is the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids. Before that, I wrote the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook. And I also wrote XOXO, a cocktail book, which is an unofficial cocktail book for fans of Gossip Girl. Um, I also work in book publishing. I'm a mom to a two and a half year old and I live in New York. Wow. You, you're, you've got a lot going on. You write, <laughs> you work in publishing and the, the two and a half year old, how do you do all this with a two and a half year old? Well, luckily the first two books came out before she was with us. <laughs> so that definitely helped. Um, this last one though, I did write after she was born and, um, honestly, she was a big inspiration for it because it's a kid's cookbook. Um, and we had just started kind of getting in the kitchen with her. Um, honestly, I am such a time management productivity hack nerd. Um, that's really how I do everything is I've just studied all of this and studied myself and kind of just figure out what works best for me and stick with it. <laughs> I just love that. Now, has she, has your daughter watched Hocus Pocus yet? Or are you waiting for the day where you can actually introduce her to and say, hey, let's sit down and let's do these recipes and, and let's talk about the movie and watch everything? Yeah, we, she has not seen it yet. Um, I thought two and a half, 
I didn't think that she would be quite ready to really understand what was going on in a non-scary way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of jokes about snacking on children and things like that. So she'll wait a, a couple more years um, before she sees it. But I am very excited for when that day comes. This was the first year where she really under, like, kind of understood and showed interest in Halloween and all the costumes and everything. So I think when the time comes to share the movie with her, she'll be really into it, especially if we do um, some recipes from the book because she loves to be in the kitchen. I love that. And I love how she inspired this um, book, this the second, the second cookbook. Now, I've got to know that Hocus Pocus number one or Hocus Pocus two, which one did you like better? <laughs> Well, I'm a 90s kid. Hocus Pocus 1 was a huge part of my childhood. I watched it every year um, for a number of decades. I still do watch it multiple times every year. So there's really nothing that can replace that original movie in my heart. I did think the second one was very fun. It was for the fans. You know, fans had been clamoring for it for a long time, and they finally gave us the sequel. And there was a lot of fun stuff about it. There was two musical numbers instead of just one. Um, There were some good jokes, but nothing can top the original, the nostalgia and, and, you know, just the script, the story, it holds up. Nothing can top that for me. So what do you think, do you have plans to do any more cookbooks since you've done one for kids and you've done the cocktail book for Gossip Girls and you've done the, the Hocus Pocus book for adults? Um, do you have plans for any more cookbooks? Not at the moment, but after I wrote the first Hocus Pocus cookbook, I didn't have any plans to write another one either. So, so who knows? Um, I really come at these books from a place of fandom as opposed to, you know, I'm not a trained chef or anything like that. Um, I just really loved these stories. So who knows what might come up in the future and, you know, what new movie or TV show I'll love and be very interested in. But at the moment, no other plans for another book. Yeah, I love the fact that you just said you're not a trained chef, because I think that's what's going to make your books more appealing to people. Because when you open up a book and you think, oh, these are picture perfect things. Oh, I'm never going to be able to achieve what she's achieved here. But the fact that it's like very simple, very easy recipes to do. I think a lot of people will definitely jump on the bandwagon with this one. Thank you. That was really my goal. Um, You know, like I said, I'm not a trained chef. I, I No one is coming to me for the next amazing, trendy dish or anything. I really just wanted to create um, something that a fan of these movies would love and can do. They're accessible. Uh, the recipes, they vary in difficulty, but there's nothing that is, you know, it, beyond an average person's you know abilities you don't have to buy any expensive ingredients from a specialty grocery store Um, and then particularly with the kids book um, you know everything is broken down super easily so that it's not just that the kids we think I don't think the kids will just like the recipes but they can also help prepare them they can help be in the kitchen uh, you know with their parents or their you know, babysitter or whoever, and take an active role. So, you know, they are, like I said, very accessible. um, And that was really a huge part of, of my approach to writing them. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, how long did it take you, number one, to come up with recipes for for the book, and number two, to um, to write actually sit down and write the book? The recipe like brainstorming process actually was quite quick. I had to watch the movies a lot. Um, the Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids came out after the second movie came out. The first cookbook was just based on the first movie, but this one has recipes and references from both movies. So I had to watch both movies a number of times, but I think I watched each one three or four times in the course of two weeks and uh, came up with all the recipes during that time. And then actual writing and testing and tweaking and everything, that process was um, about four or five months. Well, that's and then you're in publishing, so you knew exactly where to go to publish it, correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I did have, um, you know, a, an editor who I worked with already. Um, so I did have a little bit of a leg up in that regard, and we worked very closely together to kind of concept the idea. I already knew what the publishing process would be in terms of editing and production and things like that. Um, so it, nothing was too much of a shock for me until I got to the actual published stage. And then I uh, worked with a publicist who, uh, you know, connected me with wonderful people like you who are interested in hearing about the book. And that's the part where I had a bit of a learning curve because I've never been, um, you, you know, on any sort of podcast or anything before these books. So that part has been a surprise, but such a fun part of this whole thing that I never expected. Yeah, Bridget is a return guest. She was actually on with the the unofficial Hocus Pocus, the, the, the first one that she wrote. And I think we had talked about you coming on for the cocktail one, but it never happened. So you are more than welcome to come back and do and and do a cocktail one as well. Like maybe New Year's Eve or something like that. That would be really fun. Oh, to yeah, do. that would be fun. Yeah, that book came out, oh gosh, in 2020, um, which was an odd time for books to come out, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I would love, I would love that. We should definitely hook up on that. Yeah. So we need to take a brief commercial break. When we come back, we're going to do something different in the blog cabin and she's going to create one of her recipes for us. So we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. Hi, my name is Joanna and I would like to share with you a little bit about Shores of Grace, Shores Philly. It's a ministry located in Philadelphia. The portion of Shores that I volunteer for goes into Kensington, an area greatly impacted by homelessness and addiction. And we go and we take love, food, clothing, snacks, conversation. Um, we believe that it is a way that we can meet people right where they are and show them the love of Jesus. Uh, we have seen lives changed in big ways and in small ways. And we have built wonderful relationships with the people in the community. Uh, we have big plans, more we'd like to do, um, and we would appreciate any support, either through prayer or through donation. If you would like to donate, you can go to shoresofgrace.com, and in the menu, click on Donate, and we just ask that you put Philly in your donation comments. Thank you. Are you ready for an exciting venture in the world of do-it-yourself project? Join me on Market.Live and get ready to be inspired by the DIY show hosted by yours truly, Melissa from Chastable Block Cabin. This is your chance to unlock your creativity and bring your imagination to life. 
Imagine the satisfaction of transforming ordinary objects into something extraordinary. Get ready to learn new skills and discover how easy it can be to create something unique that reflects your own personal style. The DIY Show is here to guide you with every step of the way, providing you with tips, tricks, and ideas that will make your project a success. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Grab your friends, family, or even your prairie companions and tune into the DIY Show on Market.Live on Mondays at noon Eastern Standard Time. Or you can catch the replay. Together, let's unleash our inner artists and embark on a journey filled with joy, inspiration, and endless possibilities. Get ready for a show like no other where creativity knows no bounds. See you there. And we are back chatting with Bridget, who wrote the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids. And she's actually going to show us a recipe um, that like a, a symbol, a recipe that um, she has in her book. So take it away, Bridget. Thank you. Yes, this is I call it an assembly recipe. <laughs> it's um, a great one for kids, though, especially if they're just starting out getting comfortable in the kitchen and things like that. These are Puritan hat cookies. So these come from the second Hocus Pocus film where we learn a little bit more about the Sanderson sisters background and where they're from and the town of Salem. So I'm going to start. I'll show you the finished product here. This is what we're going for. So you can see it's a little Puritan hat cookie. Um, but now we're coming up on Thanksgiving. So your kids could also help you make these for Thanksgiving and they could be pilgrim hat cookies as well. Um, but what I love about this recipe, aside from that, it's super easy for kids to help with and they love um, getting in the kitchen and assembling a lot of times um, gives them a lot of confidence to kind of get started with their kitchen skills. Um, the other thing I love about this is you can make it as simple or as complicated as you would like. So you can buy store-bought cookies, um, you can buy the fudge stripe cookies. These are like a French butter cookie that are dipped in milk chocolate, or you can make your homemade cookies from scratch, dip them in chocolate yourself, or make your own chocolate cookies. We use frosting. You can use canned frosting from the store. You can make your own buttercream frosting. Um, there's a lot of different ways to make this fast and easy, just like a good afternoon activity for your kids, or to dress it up and make it um, much more gourmet and very uh, made from scratch. So once you have your cookies and your frosting and your Reese's peanut butter cups or whatever peanut butter cup brand you like, I know the Trader Joe's ones are fabulous as well. Um, that's the only three ingredients you need for yeah. this recipe. So again, super simple and kids love all, usually they love all of these ingredients on their own. So they really like to put them together. So I have some orange frosting here. And a lot of times I will make this from scratch. I love to make buttercream frosting, but full disclosure, this one, it's from a can. <laughs> and I have colored it uh, with orange food coloring. Then all you gotta do is you take your cookie, chocolate side up if there's only one chocolate side, you take your peanut butter cup, and then I have a reusable piping bag here. Um, you can use a Ziploc bag if you're just doing a couple, they don't, hold up super well. So I do recommend a piping bag. And then just a, a small, regular, um, simple hole for the tip. And then I'm just going to pipe a little bit of the frosting on here. Like that, make sure it's high enough that the 
the ridges of the peanut butter cup, it's over those ridges, and then just place it in the middle of the cookie here. So that gives you your basic shape, and then you just pipe your decorations on it. I kept it pretty simple with just a band and a buckle, uh, but you know, kids, when they get frosting, they tend to like to do a little bit more than that. <laughs> so whatever, uh, whatever decorations you wanna do, is great with these. And that's another thing about the recipes in this book. You can make them super simple. You can jazz them up. Kids can go crazy on them. There's a lot of things where they can decorate and paint with food coloring and things like that. So they can really just kind of let their creativity run wild. And again, that was a big, a big part of my goal. So I just piped the band here, as you can see. And then I'm gonna add the buckle. This is just gonna be with frosting, but another thing you can do is you can get a little candy, um, like a peanut butter coated candy or an M&M or something like that. And you can use that for the buckle. You can use a little candy corn for the buckle. Really whatever you want, whatever the kids want, works perfectly for this. And then I'll show you here. You just make a little square for the buckle. There you go. And that is really all it is. Like I said, super simple. This is one of the simpler recipes in the book. So there are plenty that kids could do on their own, really without adult supervision. There's no knives here. There's no stove, nothing that a kid wouldn't be able to do, you know, sitting at the table on their own. Um, so that's kind of the lower, easier level of the book. And then different recipes can kind of scale up from there to where you would need a little more adult supervision using the oven, the stove different appliances and things like that. But this is a super simple one. Um, my daughter loves it. <laughs> um, she's not as neat, <laughs> but she does love to try and then of course love to eat it. Um, so that is what I have to share with you today. I hope you all enjoy, enjoy making them yourself. What I love about it is how easy it is. And you're and like you said, you can also make it as, as, um, difficult as you want it to be. Like if you want to make homemade cookies, you can actually go through and make the homemade cookies. Or if you want to go to the store and, and say, Hey, we need to make, we want to have something fun for you guys to do, but I don't have time to bake. Let's go find something and create it together. And I think that's the one way to get involved with your kids and actually have family one-on-one -on -one time. That is just awesome. And I just love that recipe. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm a parent myself. I know parents, they don't all, they don't have the time and we don't have to be Pinterest perfect making everything from scratch in order to have an impact on the kids. I, most uh, in my experience, the kids don't really care if it's buttercream frosting, handmade cookies and things like that. It's really about doing something together and doing something um, where they have a little bit of agency and creativity and kitchen skills are really good for building a kid's confidence, um, the research shows, and in my personal experience. So mm -hmm. that's really what's more important. No, you know, it doesn't matter if it's store-bought. There's absolutely no shame in that. Yeah, that's for sure. And I love the fact that you can also take them to the grocery store and you can kind of teach them a little bit. I'm like, okay, we're going to go get candies. Let's pick out what kind, what what colors complement each other. What, you know, what what's the least expensive? What's the most expensive? What's the middle one? You can teach them all different lessons from all this, from just actually going to the grocery store and picking out the ingredients for this cookie. Absolutely. Before we even brought my daughter into the kitchen, um, what really sparked her interest was going to the grocery store with us. And 
wheeling around and seeing everything. And at that point, she was still too young to understand things cost money and, and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But, you know, from a very young age, she's been going to the grocery store with us. When we sit down to a meal together, we talk about, you know, we would talk about, you know, what the meal is, how we made it, the different steps we went through. And that kind of got her naturally curious about what we were doing in the kitchen when we were preparing meals. And then as soon as she was old enough, you know, we got her a little set of child safe knives and she comes into the kitchen with us. And a lot of times she actually, she helps with the meal we're making, but if it's a little more complicated, then she can always, you know, stand in her learning tower and cut up some cantaloupe that she'll mm -hmm. have on the side or something like just working alongside us, even if she's not, you know, directly contributing to the recipe. And, and that's just been huge for our family. And we've made so many wonderful memories that way. Yeah, I can see that. And I can also see like doing a craft along with making the cookie and then watching the movie together and just making a whole night of it, like making the meals from the book and then the craft. And then because a school teacher in me just loves the whole fact that you can actually make um, something that they can talk about. And, oh, that was in the movie. Look, look and show and it showed comprehension and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the recipes have like little references from the movies in them. So it is fun to make them and then watch the movies and kind of spot, uh, you know, the Easter eggs, <laughs> if you will, um, and kind of talk about what's going on in the movie and things like that. Um, a, holiday, a Halloween craft too would be so much fun to do alongside of these things. Um, but I think it's it's just really nice, particularly if you're like me and you grew up with the movies, it's kind of a fun way to, a different way to share mm -hmm. part of your own childhood with with a kid, whether that's your own child or a niece or nephew or something like that. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest recipe in the cookbook for kids? Oh, it's definitely, well, I would say the most difficult recipe is the fully charged crystal candy. Um, so it's rock candy, which involves uh, not just cooking, but actual science. <laughs> so that one is pretty tricky. Um, but particularly in Hocus Pocus 2, they talk so much about um, crystals and different spells and things like that, that I just, I had to include it, even though it's, it's pretty tough. Um, but it's so much fun to make and to check on how your crystals are growing and everything. And I gotta know when you were creating these recipes, how many were like, yes, from the get go, the very beginning, it's like from the go, yes, it's going in. And the other ones were like fails. You need to work on them. You need to work on them. Until <laughs> you finally got them to go. <laughs> um, idea wise like oh yes this this recipe makes so much sense we definitely have to include it i'd say like 90 percent of them but there were definitely a lot of recipes i'd say you know maybe 15 or 20 that we kind of had to experiment with like the rock candy there's also a recipe for homemade marshmallows in here um so there are some things you know that are a little bit um you know, they're not tricky. They just really require like kind of closely following the recipe. And to me, that's kind of like there's cooking and there's baking. And for me, baking is always like you got to follow the recipe a little bit more. With cooking, you can kind of ad lib mm -hmm. a little. You can kind of do what you feel um, in the moment. With baking, you have to be a little bit more precise. And so with some of those were the recipes where uh, they required a little bit more experimentation, a little bit more trial and error, um, because they are 
you know, you gotta, you gotta really follow the steps, but that's definitely the minority of the recipes in here. Most of them are, can, you can make substitutions, you can make swaps, the mm -hmm. measurements, you know, if, if your child is measuring out, you know, the flour and they get a little extra, it's no big deal, you know? I love that. Um, also take us through the process of uh, publishing the cookbook, because obviously you write the recipes and you, you come up with the recipes, but what about the photographs? Do, do you kind of send the recipes off to somebody else and they create, or do you create the recipes and take pictures of yourself or somebody else takes pictures or how that goes? Yeah. For most of the pictures I took them myself, especially in the first Hocus Pocus cookbook, a lot of them were me. And just like I'm not a trained chef, I'm also not a trained photographer. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, but we did, we made do with what we had. Um, because the recipes, a lot of them are so specific to the movie. Um, it was just easier for me when I'm testing the recipes and doing the experimentation and things like that to also take the photos. Um, you know, like in this, in this book, there's, um, like a charcuterie board that is the you kind of use cheese and charcuterie and things to like make the faces of the sanderson sisters um and so that's not always an easy thing to recreate it's not an easy like stock photo or something mm -hmm. to find um so a lot of them i took myself and and that was honestly the most difficult <laughs> part of the whole thing I see it because I mean it, the pictures are gorgeous. I'm I'm just opened up one is the reun spell for reuniting potatoes, and they're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, and I know which one you're talking about because I actually pulled up the charcuterie one before we came on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's two like kind of charcuterie snack boards in there. Um, one is the fresh faced cheese potter, which you use brie rounds to kind of make the Sanderson sisters faces, which is really fun. And then the other one is kind of like a Halloween party um, snack board. Like, um, you know, in, in both movies, there's a party scene, um, a Halloween party scene. So if you're throwing a, a themed Halloween party, this would be like a great option for that. But it uses some of the other recipes in the book. So like if you've made the black flame candle um, pretzels, you can put those on the snack board or the crispy rice books those go great on the snack board um, and things like that. So yeah, there's, there's two snack boards in there because we are in a I'm snack board era. So they, people can see what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is that I took that photo myself, I actually took that photo in my bedroom. <laughs> that was, Cause that's the, the difficult part is the food and the natural lighting and making sure you don't get too many shadows and everything. So yeah. Um, there's the, yep, there's the other one. Yeah. And I pulled out that I just happened to be looking through and see the Persian hat where you use the M&Ms. Yeah. Is, so great. I, use I was thinking maybe licorice one. too at the, that if kids want to use yeah. licorice, like the black licorice. Yeah, absolutely. That would work. Or, I mean, there's so many little candies or even like chocolate chips, white chocolate chips, um, things like that. You could really, whatever your favorite little candy is probably would work so now, yeah just have, more ways to customize if you have a parent who's like i don't want my kids eating a lot of sweets what would you suggest would be the number one recipe for them to make from this book whereas they don't want you know a lot of the the refined sugars and things like that what would be the number one mm -hmm. recipe that for them to make 
Uh, well, there's recipes for like every time of day. There's breakfast, lunch, main, sides, um, drinks, and there's a large section of treats and desserts. It's a, it's a movie around Halloween, and that's a you know a, a treat time. Um, so there are quite a lot of sweets and things, but there are so many recipes uh, that could be used for dinner or for little snacks. So my, one of my daughter's favorite is the petrified spiders. They're roasted chickpeas. Um, mm. They're really good. They're so easy to make. She can, I mean, aside from putting them in the oven, she can basically make them herself at two and a half and she loves them. And they are a really delicious um, kind of savory snack that you can pull out anytime. And, you know, no sugar there, um, nothing sweet or refined about that. So I would say that would be a really excellent option. That's cute. <laughs> I just you. have to, every time you talk about something, I have to pull it up because it sounds so good <laughs> when you're talking about them. I'm like, I want to see what they look like. <laughs> Thank you. So you said you, you're not working on any other books, but if you had to write a book or you had to do another cookbook, what do you think you would center, focus on? Because you said it, all of this comes from your love of number one, the two Hocus Pocus was because of your love for Hocus Pocus. The cocktail one was for your love of the Gossip Girls. So what would be like your number one? If you could, if you could write another one, would it be? Yeah, you know, I'm having a sense of deja vu. I feel like maybe you asked me this question the last time we spoke too. And I have a sneaking suspicion that my answer might be the same. Um, it would be a psych cookbook <laughs> for the USA show um, Psych, which has been off the air now for a very long time. Um, but it is near and dear to my heart. I really love um, Sean Spencer and Burton Guster and all of the hijinks they get up to um, pretending to be psychics solving crime. Um, so I would say that is, that will forever be one of my favorite shows. And I would love to do a cookbook, um, on that. It would be, um, a lot of stuff with pineapple in it. <laughs> and actually, I think you can watch the reruns on Peacock now. Oh yeah. I think Peacock and also maybe on Amazon prime. I think yeah. you can, yeah, I'm, that's one of those shows that I just, I'm kind of constantly watching anytime I need to put something on in the background, like while I'm cleaning or cooking mm -hmm. or anything like that. I'm sort of just perpetually running through it. And they have some great holiday episodes. So I'll definitely be rewatching those in the coming months. And then Monk is another one that's a really great one that's mm -hmm. played up during that time too. So <laughs> yeah, that's a USA had some, some great shows right around then. Burn Notice too is another one that I love. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I really love Psych and uh, I'm a huge fan. So I think that would sort of be, um, if I could just write anything, even if I was the only person who ever read it, um, that would be it. <laughs> I would I would read it too. And I would have you come back <laughs> on and do another recipe because oh, I love you. Psych too. <laughs> yeah, that would, it would be super fun. So where can people buy this book at? You can get this book or any of my books um, anywhere you like to buy your books. They're, of course, available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, usually you can get them at your local Target or Walmart. Um, and then a lot of indie stores as well. So if you like to shop small, um, if you like to support your local indie store, you can go to IndieBound or Bookshop.org and type in your zip code and you can find um, a local independent store that will either carry it or allow you to order it. 
um, for delivery. So any way you like to buy your books, um, you can get it wherever you like. And where can people learn more about you and about your books? The best place to learn about my books would be at my publisher's website. Um, they are Bloom Books for Young Readers. So um, they're an imprint of Ulysses Press. So you can go to ulyssespress.com and you can find all of my books there. Um, you can find me on social media, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, I'm Bridget.Thorson11, but again, for book content, you should go visit my publisher at Ulysses Press, and they're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, all the places. Um, so that would really be the best place to find information about me and my books. And I love that. And I really want you to come back on and, and create a cocktail for New Year's because I think that'd be something really great and really unique. Yeah, that would be fun. I will um, email you about that after this. All right. That sounds good. So Bridget, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing and creating one for kids now that even I think even it's for adults as well, because some adults may get overwhelmed by seeing a cookbook and saying, I can't cook worth a lick. But now seeing the Puritan cookies that you just made, I, I can do that, you know, and give them confidence to do that. So it's the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook for kids. And if you want to get the adult version, it's the unofficial Hocus Pocus cookbook, period, for adults. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that one's for the more general audience. And I do just want to call out real quickly that it, between both books, there's only one recipe that overlaps. So if you get both books, you're really getting like completely different recipes in each one. And that recipe that overlaps is Dead Man's Toes um, because you have to have Dead Man's Toes in any cookbook about Hocus Pocus. And there's just really nothing else that it could be aside from Pigs in a Blanket. So that recipe does repeat, but everything else is entirely new um, between the books. I love that. And thank you so much for coming on and for sharing and for creating the Puritan's hats so that we can, the kids can have something for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on again. This was so much fun. All right, guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere you can find Bridget as well as where you can find her books. And we will see you next time on Chats in the Blog Cabin. Bye. Chats from the Blog Cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.